there was no ego. We were high. We were feeling good. We were connected. We were just deep. But then came a moment where we had a panic attack. I remember being in Australia three months saying that weed hasn't wore off me. It has to be on my system now. Like I was so fucking overwhelmed and overthinking. They've got clarity on something because they just simply slow down, because they just simply took a breath and relax. Hello and welcome back to the Rise and Tide Experiences podcast. Two dudes talking. Today, Barry and I are going to discuss many different topics from partying, personal development, anxiety, weed smoking, a little bit of schmogged. We touched on many different topics with the intention behind it being inspiring young men to tap into their own heart, their own energy, and follow their own purpose or their own callings. What's the crack one? Yeah, um, very much. All good. All good. This morning I went up, uh, went up a hill there. Um, the, the winds and the rain were a bit mad. But uh, I tell you what, when I was up at the top, yeah, it was deadly. I love it. My intention here to talk to you, I think you're a, like, I'm going to say old soul, right? I, I didn't, I was surprised when you said you were 22. I think a lot of us are boys beyond the year sometimes. And my intention here would be to discuss the layman aspects like we kind of touched on there last week. Construction background, growing up partying, being a jack the lad of sorts. And then all of a sudden, what's this guy doing? The way he talks, for me personally, I've gone through these phases of like, he's using different words and look at him dancing and Look at them drinking cacao and all that kind of stuff. So the, my intention is just two men have a have a discussion and whatever it wants to go and get into your story and then your skill sets and what you've learned with the breath work. And you might even actually, if you want, you might even want to do a little breath work, like a sixty second one or something. Someone can take something from. Obviously, if they're not driving. Yeah, we yeah. can do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that intention. I, I was very much the same myself, seeing as the way we've the way we spoke before, and you know, coming from what sounds like somewhat a similar place into now being in, in this place and I'm becoming more and more aware of their being on the kind of the journey that I was on of like you know what they're saying there but like all of a sudden this fella he's, he's saying this thing and he's using these words and he's doing this thing and he's he's saying this and that and the other and it's just like what the fuck's going on there Um, so to, to like break that down and like tone it back a little bit Um, so yeah thank you yeah 100% bro 100% I think there's a lot more curiosity than a lot of men want to admit. Yeah, and the oh, social media, that kind of stuff. Like, oh, me, me missus is bringing me down to this playing yoga thing. <laughs> it's okay, yeah. mate. Your yoga, man. It's all good. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's something I'd love to speak about as well, actually, is, you know, that kind of, that edge, when someone's on the edge, especially when a man's on the edge, of like going in and our standby by where the air, where it feels grand, but, you know, there's something more, you know, they want more like that. And yeah. um, my missus is bringing me down to the yoga class, so she really the one making yeah. an Um So yeah, I'd love to discuss something about that. But yeah, we we'll take a few breaths. Take a few breaths, guide me, bro. You you bring it in. Well, yeah, uh, on a budget, close your eyes down. Unless you're driving, you shouldn't have to tell people Unless that. Listen, yeah. Would close our eyes down? I say, initially to a lot of people who are maybe like foreign to actually close their eyes down as you're strong off so much information we live in a world of so much information overload we're shutting off the centuries you always taking in so much information and then you know we're inside it's it's black it's dark and it's it's so much easier to be present with the body to be present with whether you're feeding whatever's coming up any thoughts whatever it may be just kind of void in an initial first maybe take a few breaths maybe three breaths i'm gonna take a deep full breath I'm changing anything about your breaths too much, but just 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 deepen it and broaden it a little bit. And on the exhale, you're just like letting it go. It's so like and I can't come with foot in here. And in the inhale, it's not a force, it's more like a soft, gentle. I'm just allowing the breath to come into the body. And then let go. You let go, you're allowing your body to relax. There's anything like consciously shown in the neck to the body, you know? See if you can feel the shoulders, the face, whatever it is, the hips, the whole body, the arms. See if you can feel the tightness or tension and just let it, like, see if you can let it go. And with the breath on the exhale, you can, you can connect the two and you can just release a little bit of attention. Then it is. 
Kaufman. And then one I always get, I always love to get people to do down is to breathe consciously down into your core, consciously down to the full, the full extent of the diaphragm. You know, a lot of us we mostly we breathe into the chest area, which causes that that kind of contraction, that tightness, that staying in that parasympathetic state. I stand in the sympathetic state, breathing down fully into the core, and it's not just wearing the belly at the bottom. It's actually whipping it all the way around. So you can go around the corners to the hips, to the back. Before that core muscle, that core area goes right around to the back. Whipping the breads into that space and then just, you know, chopping out of that. It's bringing your awareness back to your senses, back to yourself, back to your body. The reason why I would have got you to do that, buddy, is just to kind of. If it's been a minute since you've felt relaxed or you got used to being stressed, anxiety, uh, anxious, or just running like like we tend to run on the hamster wheel of rolling out of bed and just doing 24-hour activities back to back to back to back to back. Sometimes that little ah was five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten breaths away, and then it's like a ah, different place. But it's like unless you've done that or felt that in a while or ever, this a different a different place you get into all together. Yeah. It can literally happen in, in in five, four, three reps. But the more you practice it, the more you can kind of tune into that and that regulation of yourself, of the body, of what is the nervous system. But if you don't even know what the nervous system is, that's what you're tuning into. That's what kind of the reactive place. And I mean, it's just instantly brings about a, a feeling of calmness, you know? Yeah. And you, you, you can then respond to life um, rather than react and think differently because if you're in that same repetitive mm. you know the same thoughts you've had yesterday all the time then that little gap is enough for you to say ah oh. and then what's important can rise to the surface or what's inspiring can rise to the surface as opposed to what's just the complimental chatter yeah what's the biggest thing that you've realized about men specifically when you're running circles before and afters let's say or seeing those light bulb moments or that weight lift lift off someone or what's your, what's your favorite part about doing that or what have you learned from doing that yeah, definitely the the actual weight. What you said there, the weight, the weight that we carry, the weight that we we burden ourselves with pressure, we put ourselves under. It's all these things that we feel like we need to do and have to do, and and it does it comes with being a man or or whatever, just being a human in general. To be honest, how that can just bring you so so present, so still, and so in the moment, and so connected to uh, to yourself and to the simplicity of your pure awareness of what's running you, what's happening. And when when men in the circuits that I've been running have insights on how much they've been uh, trying to do this, trying to do that. But it happens every time with every man. It's like, I need it to relax, you know. I need it to slow down for a second to even. Then maybe an epiphany comes in or something comes in, a reflection of, of what has went on. They've got clarity on something because they just simply slow down, because they just simply look a breath and relax. So yeah, I'll get a right buzz out of that. So a completely yeah. different man lives compared to the man that comes in. Yeah, but a man who is more regulated, essentially, yeah, but yeah. a man who is more calm, you know? Yeah. A man who realises that he also needs to nurture himself and look after himself and give himself that space and time to relax and to, whatever, to slow down. When did this all start for you, buddy? When did you kind of say enough of living a certain way or either look inwards or what was the, can you sort of certain point in time a catalyst or was it over time well I'd say it was it was a mixture of things but it was definitely more so I felt like I uh, I had no choice in a way it was just like this is happening you either got to run with it or you're gonna you're gonna be running away from it and yeah running away from it was it was not really an option I was only reflecting on this this morning how long I'm actually like on this kind of path on this uh, place of self-discovery and so but I'd say even when I was in school, you know, when I was in school, I was already just wanted to look at things differently. And I was I was very much just aware that this system that we run on and this system that I presented to us is only leading us in the one way. And, you know, there's many different ways, but essentially it was it was just leading us in this, in this trap, this hamster wheel that you mentioned at the beginning. And um, yeah, it's just not what I wanted whatsoever. 
and so I knew that I wanted more. I knew that there was more. There was always this little, this little thing that there was more. This little pull. There's more out there to life. And I mean, I have parents to thank for that, and people who surrounded me to thank for that. Very grateful for that. Yeah. So I was kind of dipping in and out of out of different stuff like that, meditation, and start came across a couple of Jonas Spencer's books when I was like still in school, seventeen and eighteen. I was reading them. Well, the lads are down their homework, I was reading them books. So it was kind of, I, I was dipping in and out of like understanding the subconscious mind and the mind and how like most things that we do is from a level of unawareness, being unaware of what we're actually doing. And just coming back into more presence and actually decide, like dictating my days and like how it goes about from there. Like understanding that I can do that. And I was like, oh, it's great, you know, and it's like dropping into meditations and knowing that I can bring about feelings. That was something that was really big when I was when I was that age at the initial start. Now that I could bring about feelings, like when I slap back and I like went into a place of the calmness, taking a few breaths, and went to do meditation, that I could like envision something, like a future a future version of me or a future thing that I'm going to do, as wild or as abstract as it may have been, through that vision that that could bring on certain feelings. Like if I was envisioning, like I'd always envision them um, set my family free. You know, essentially like financial burdens and, and etc. Yeah, the only that like obviously brought on some fucking amazing feelings, but just that simplicity of knowing that I could bring on feelings. Yeah, and just go about my day and like bring in these like these feelings of like freedom and love within myself from from vis- true visions. And then I can like live my day from that place with like Jesus, I look at fucking doing that every day. I'm doing I'm doing fucking yeah. I'm all this up, you know. I'm feeling yeah. great anyway, you yeah. know. But yeah, so that was I was kind of dipping in and out at 17 and 18 and the COVID came around and, and all that malarkey that I, that I just really had a, a views on which which made me very uh, angry and whatnot and I, I was very much just like fully into that and fully trying to battle that fight that and you know and be really vocal about that and uh, yeah obviously wasn't getting any uh, support in which way I would have liked it or imagined it so that was a bit of an outcast so then I kind of fell into into different habits which I developed from about 15, 16. So I kind of left all of that a bit behind. It was still always it was still always there, you know. But uh went to do back on onto the party and to the to the drinking and to the session and but then it came a moment where we had a panic attack in my bedroom there, smoking. I think it was on a session for a couple of days before that party and a drinking. And then I was smoking that evening. And uh, I came home, was in my bed. And at this stage, I was in a place which I wasn't really aware of at that time where, you know, I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want to be with my thoughts. I'd kind of come out of the other place where I was um, without even being aware of it. Yeah, I had a panic attack and I was freaking out. I just remember that moment, that kind of experience. One, it led me to like not wanting to, to, to being like, oh, right, I need to kind of build a new relationship with this whole itself but also like the drinking and the smoking and, and everything else that comes with that naturally unfortunately <laughs> yeah it was just like no something needs to change with that something needs to stop right now with this and then it was like it was, it was just like a continual thing of, of following the breadcrumbs with that you know just following the the, the the next step so it was like right i'm gonna cut out smoking weed every fucking day because clearly i'm reliant on it clearly i'm addicted to it clearly it's not serving me clearly i have no conscious relationship with it with that out and it, that was difficult but that was the one thing that I cut out for like eight or nine months from that moment where I was like I think it was it was 19 at that stage three years ago 18, 19 I just cut that out all together I put the session out and you know, I had a granny flat side of my house so that's where everything was going down you know so because I had the panic attack uh, and the parents obviously knew everything was going it was more like I just like spilled everything out this is what's been happening you know it was more like a a bit of a rush with everything so that, that was all could have just continue on following following the steps then going to take the right step next step next step yeah with the knowns that i had of like what my system was what my outward to live my life like i was very very fucking sure like a hundred percent sure that i wasn't going to go and live do a corporate job or that i was just going to be that i just wanted freedom and that's what i wanted i didn't know how i was going to get it but i was just fully inspired to get it and even through that through that period of time, I never that that tall, that knowing within me never drifted. It was like I'm still always coming back to that, you know. I'm not I'm not falling into the traps 
of society about like society kind of prescribes us with like a few different things and it's like no you know think these few different things and that's all you get given to it so yeah we just kind of came back to that and started started going down the path that i'm on now and i found the breath i found the breath work i delved fully into the breath work was still that loud to myself in my own space stuff going to the workshops the breath work retreat Snowball in uh, effect, which I, I listened to this morning, you talking about on the rising tide experience, the snowball effect, that kind of, that continue just step, step, step. So that's the way it's been from then, which was different epiphanies, different insights dropping in at different times. But it's just like, once I started really delving into this, although it's difficult at times and it, there's, a, there's a lot that you have to like let go with it, it's like, well, there's no fucking doubt that this is what I meant to be doing. This is what I want to do. Yeah, it's powerful, bro. 17, 18, reading Joe Dispenza, man. I just fucking feel proud of it. like, that's next level. I love that. I was 25, either having a son and going through some similar with the panic stuff at 23, 24. That brought me, and then a father 25. So my journey was a little bit different. But when I see 17, 18, fucking Joe Dispenza, and then I love the words you use and like knowing. Those knowings never disappeared. And a lot of the time I'd say beliefs, but the fact that you're like, them knowings never went away. And you just kind of started by saying, I can try run away from this. Do you have language on what do you think is guiding you? And obviously, is it the creating the space that insights are dropping in where you're just going to have more knowings? Or do you do you have words like higher self or soul or God or what would you use there? But I was breadcrumbs or how do you see that? Again, I heard you speak about this this morning when I listened to the podcast and uh, it had me thinking of what I use for them. But that, that knowing within me is like something that is just so definite. Yeah. And I'm always open to like, just open in general to my perspective being changed, my mind being changed, whatever it is, viewpoint. You know, I never really want to just slam something. But obviously then there's just some stuff that are just deeply, deeply knowings within me. And that's just, I suppose they're the insights that are let guide me. They're the things that come about in meditations with visions or whatever that I initially let guide me. They're the feelings that like, you suppose like your intuition, your cool, your heart, listening to that and I feel like if we when when you don't listen to it it's like the opposite effect is going to happen of what you yeah. really want yeah. I must listen to this I, if, if I don't listen to this I'm going down the other route I don't, I don't want to go down the other route because I know I know what I want and it's and it's this direction so I suppose the word higher self I was also introduced to not even at the beginning of my journey the, the higher self and the lower self and what I perceive that higher self to be is like Kind of just like the best version of Barry. What would the best version of Barry do? And when I'm in any sort of like space of breath work or meditation or whatever it is, and like connecting with that best version of Barry, it's like some insights or whatever come in. And it's like, oh, that's what the best version of Barry would do. You know, I see something or I feel something or something just clicks in or onset of reflection and like life or experience or whatever. It's like, oh, the best version of Barry would do that. And it's just like an instant kick, you know? And there's been a knowings from it. Yeah. So connecting to like a higher self or connecting to if there wasn't something out there, you know, like God, universe, whatever it is, I feel like it is all the same thing. And yeah, trusting it, trusting it, trusting myself, trusting it, trusting the guidance that comes in in those moments, trusting your intuition. Trust is something actually, that word alone, building that, building a relationship to that. Yeah, I suppose that God universe, I feel like it's all a universal energy. It's 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 all the same. People look up to and be guided by different things, but at the end of the day I think it's bringing it to the same thing. The Buddha, the you know, all these different teachings and all these religions and whatnot, like at the end of the day I think it, it is all going to the one source. To the one consciousness. So kind of what you want. Well, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you and I ask because you could ask 50 different people what's soul and they could give you 50 different versions of what it is but these, that's what kind of got me in the early stages is like it's about experiences understanding or experiences knowing and I love this conversation because I resisted the word God myself and I call it consciousness or infinite intelligence or creator or whatever but I'm developing more of a relationship with the word God beyond scripture the way I see the Bible is the Bible is stories written about men who listen to God and now so many people listen to scripture about men who listen to God. I'm just a man that's trying to listen to God. <laughs> so are you. <laughs> and the the word like the clear, clear sentience, clairvoyance, 
yeah, clear cognizance. There's, there's loads of them when you get into the psychic uh, or gifts and stuff like that. So what I'm hearing from you is like there's just these knowings where by practice and experiences you now know Oh, you're building that discernment muscle to be able to know more of what the right choice is because to me the ultimate dance is what's faith and what's fear what am I afraid to do and I should push through or what's a legitimate fear or a legitimate mayday don't go there don't do that and that's I think the dance that we'll probably all be, be, be working with forever on some level yeah for sure that dance between faith and fear yeah that fear is, is, is what inhibits most people in, in, in taking any steps towards what I mentioned at the beginning to taking a step to lean into something like this or leaning into a space. It's same with, like, you know, I'd say I could line up fucking 100 men and ask them, is there a deep inner knowing within them that there's more out there for them, freedom, and whatever? I'd say 90 plus of them would say yes if they were being truthful to themselves. Yeah. And then what is it that's stopping them? And what is it that stopped me so much? I've had to break through so many times and continues to come in many different ways. Yeah. Just learning to get to know it, break through it. It's fair. Yeah. And then I think you're seeing, and I like, uh, I like this analogy as well, like the pain of staying the same or where that road ends. You know that pain. Kind of. This other pain is more of an uncomfortability of not knowing, but knowing at the same time where you're just kind of chugging along, getting those experiences and getting that feedback. And then the door is open, obviously you know, things are popping up like the breath walk or whatever. How did that come about for you? And if you want to talk a little bit about that, because I've heard of the, I've heard of the modality, but I don't know too much about it. Do you want to share a bit about that? Yeah, I'll give it a, a brief rundown. Well, initially I started doing the Wim Hof. Through meditation, you know, you're using your breath. Yeah. Um, through the movements. After the meditation, we started doing a bit of Qi Gong. And in both, you're using your breath, you know. Your breath is like our spirit, essentially. Yeah. First thing we do when we were born, it's the last thing we do when we do it. The yeah. thing that goes, the thing that leaves. And yeah, so true, dealing with two of them, practice meditation, then doing the Qigong, the breath has been incorporated. I can't pinpoint when it was, three years ago maybe, came across the wind off the ice band, he was coming, he was coming yeah. into the, this is the awareness of the, the masses and the public, like, um, and it was just him through YouTube, you know, doing the breath, banging out the breath, and the realization that there's wind off instructors and organs. It's like, right, I'm going to go for them all. <laughs> I'm going gonna, gonna to see what they're all about and see why, because it's an understanding that, like, you know, different people are obviously, everybody's different. Everybody has a different twist and twine. Everybody's unique. Everybody has different things to offer to the world. So, yeah, I went, I went to all the women off instructors that I, that I knew or could find out in Ireland. I just fell in love with what way it was making me feel, what it was bringing about, the knowings and then the insights and, Everybody else that was coming with it, the power, the stillness, the presence. And like when you say when you say those words, stillness, presence, power and all this, and it's like there's some people that's like, Yeah, they know the words, but you don't know what it is. Uh, for me, for me it was I knew the words, but I didn't know what it was. But when I was doing this stuff, it was like it was for me right then, it was like, This is what it is. You know? Yeah. This is what it is. I'm I'm connected to something. I almost put a label on, even though again, I, I don't really like labels. Um <laughs> That's a different thing, but yeah. So the breath, so the breath from there, just again that 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 effect, that snowball effect, that continue just practice of it and continue curiosity. So much curiosity was coming in of like, how do you talk? It's you free. Can do so much from you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then, yeah, uh, uh, I was very intrigued on wanting to 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 show other people the power of the breath. That you know, I was sharing it with friends, or sharing it with people, sharing it with family. And there was one or two friends who were very open and curious as well that was avoiding them through a little breath. Holy shock, this is great. Like, this is brilliant. I need to, I need to do this. I need to do this. And it was like, boom, I, I really need to do this. And I went to uh, a Wim Hof retreat with uh, Adam Tua, with Paddy, Paddy Douglas and um, the Ryan Hogan. And it was like that. That was that was another little catalyst. That was it. Was like that was a confirmation for me that I need to to uh, share the breath with other people. Um, but it was kind of like on the edges of the Wim Hof, whether or not to do the Wim Hof. We had done his his, his crash course, his ten week courses. I'd done everything. He has like these like couple of online courses and stuff. And then he go and he do the fundamentals in person. He do the advanced in person. I went and I done them too. And then the next step is to go over and do the five days with him. The Poland climbing up the mountain in your shorts. <laughs> the snow. But the results of something again, one of those little one of those little uh 
feelings when I was little downs of me that I was like, I wasn't too sure whether or not that this is the one that I wanted. So it's kind of just being patient with that. And through that then I, I had a one on one session with a breath work facilitator. And they guided me into the breaths and went in and started having this mad um, like waves going to chill my body. Like um, my body was involuntarily moving and shaking and going fucking wild. And obviously I was allowing it and open to that happening. Like I wasn't trying to stop it, but after that I was like, What the fuck? Because I had a big release with that big emotional release. And you know, I found it hard to trip my life to to allow emotions to come up, to allow myself to grieve, to be sad, to cry. Because you know, it was like oh. you know, I didn't need to do that. That wasn't for me. So I remember in that experience having a deep emotional release and just after that being so curious about the movement that was happening in my body. It's like this kind of like somatic wave. And then I remember looking at this other style of breathwork, BBTRS by the Dynamic Breathwork and Trauma Release. Which at the time I was like, oh, that shit looks a bit bad. That looks real deep. That looks oh. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> um so uh so after that I was like, no, that was that was deep, but that was deeply profoundly, beautifully fucking awesome, awesome. I was like, oh, I need a bit of that going on. So I was like, right, I'm gonna go back and look at this other crowd. This other crowd over they do it in Poland and they do it in Estonia and then they do it in America and Mexico and Bali and all these other places. Um, the, the two guys who opened it up, the biodynamic breathwork trauma release, are from uh, Estonia and the Ukraine. So again, just got my curious about that. And uh, it was quite quick. It was quite a decision where I was just like, boom, I'm doing this. And I went over to, to Estonia to a seven-day training. Again, just uh, the ball started rolling from there. I just got really into it, loved it. Came back and started sharing it and teaching it. And just again, continuing from there, went over then doing another seven day training with them on the three months online experience with them, which is very practical. We were down a lot of breeding, we were holding a lot of sessions. So it's just fully involved with learning about the nervous system and the breath and trauma in the body. And even that word trauma is like, oh, no, I don't have trauma. Sometimes I was just using the word tension, but it's just using. This analogy of there's a distortion in the in the blueprint of your nervous system. Like, let me tell you about that rather than tell you about trauma. Um, and it's, it's something so simple. It's like belief systems as well. You know, these things they're all being tackled uh, with this modality. And the, the fact that we are bringing in movement, we are bringing in we're bringing in sound, using the voice with the breath. It was like it was so intriguing to me that I was just like it was it was a full fuck yes. Yeah, and I was down and I was down this. And so, yeah, that's that's kind of a bit of a story with that. No, that's powerful, bro, because I think this these, these conversations, so now you probably have the same. When you hear two dudes or even a man and a woman talking on a podcast, the light bulbs can go off. That's what it's all about. And even the word trauma, like you said, you don't like using it. I totally get that. And when I was listening to you saying it was, I was just hearing, like, how many how many hundreds of years have we been getting trampled on by the British? And I, what life did our grandparents come up in? You know what I mean? Like, we took fucking, for the most part, took stuff off boats and the docks and built houses and tenements for people to live in. Like, it's not that far back where you have to look at your grandfather's grandfather and say, lads, this place was nuts. There was a place out in the countryside, but around the Dublin port, it was quite busy and quite crazy. So when you're saying, you can elaborate on this yourself, because a lot of this I've done, but I haven't got the training on it, and I haven't got a lot of the theory to back up the the semantics behind what's happening. But I would imagine you go into that, like ancestral trauma or you know, deep stuff in your lineage from your mother's line or your father's line or, or different stuff like that. Do you, want to, do you want to touch on that a little bit just to open up to what trauma might be? It's not necessarily you were abused as a kid, let's say, which is probably what yeah, goes it's, up for most people. It's not necessarily that you're abused as you're a kid or you got fucking attacked or you had a car crash or you were in the army and, yeah. you know, they're like the kind of few things we yeah. think of. But it is, it's something so simple as, you know, if you were younger and you're, you're, you're trying to say something or do something, I said, like, no. It's like, boom, I'm fucking five. And immediately, I'm being told, I can't do this. So then, I internalise a belief. And being at that age, well, when our brain is only developing from zero to seven, being at that age, I internalise that I can't do a certain thing. And it's like, just, it's blocking me. It's blocking me. I, I I carry that with me. And then, like that, what you're saying, the ancestral side of it. I love how simple you made that, just before you go on. I love how simple you made that. Like, that could be stuck. 
you go into a bit yeah. and then all of a sudden it's just like, and it's, it's released and you're, you're free in that area when it's so powerful. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's all it is. It's as simple as, it could be as simple as that. Obviously, there's stages, there's levels of trauma and there's steps of it. Just like there's levels and stages to almost anything in life, to life itself. But yeah, the ancestral thing with it, that, that kind of your, your, your parents or your line or your lineage will pass stuff on to you. I mean, obviously I've learned the theory, a bit of the theory on that and I've, I've gone through that and I've felt some of that, I've released some of that. But to me, it just makes sense, you know, like my parents are like your gods when you're growing up. So you follow what they do, you do what they do. And if anyone even takes a moment to just sit and think, oh, he gets this from his dad, he gets this from his man, oh, and he has that tree from, yeah, that's true. But like, you're your own person, so you can decide whether or not, you're just having to take it, you're carrying that from there. You're carrying that, not saying negative or bad trait, but it's like asking the why as to why I carry it or, or, or find it wanting to, to figure it out or reflect on it or look at it. That's the ingrained trauma. Because it's unconscious. Yeah. It's unconscious. And then your mom or dad triggers you and you're like, yeah, fucking stupid, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's like, that's a whole other conversation, but that's why yeah. a lot of this stuff is in the subconscious. So it's like the breath work brings it brings it up and releases it, right? It does, yeah. And uh, what you're saying there about, like, you know, like obviously it wasn't that long ago where grandfathers, my grandfather, my great grandfather would have been very much fun for freedom as well. It would have been well oiled in, in, in this way. That's where I think the, that inner, like, rebel within me comes out of, like, I'm not fucking down what they're telling me this guy don't, like, instruct me, pulling the strings about me. I think that's where that kind of like comes within me. I'm taking that. So we take the good stuff as well. Yeah. As we take Chuggy Air Lab. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I think like it wasn't that long ago that all this was happening. So you know, you can you can say that like I can I can only imagine that the amount of anger and like just stress that my great grandfather and his dad and my grandfather carried through this oppression and oppression of the country with the British, as you said there, when they go, so if they're carrying that, they're living with that all the time. I'm going to, when the lineage continues on, I'm going to carry some of that with me. And whether I want to look at it or not, it's it's the truth because when we look back at what these were like, that's why I love finding out now and more of what my grandparents were like, my great-grandparents were like, what they were like as young ones and like, speaking to them and speaking to kids, you can, you can kind of click a few things into place as to why I am the way I am, why my mother and father are the way they are. And then I can like really take this into my own hands and do what I will with it. That's it, you get to decide what you want with it. But I mean, that's the whole thing of getting passed on, passed through. Now it being us that want to change that up so we can pass on the yeah. whatever we want to pass on, you know? And instill whatever. Or a bit, you don't have the children. You, know, I've got a few kids, and they came along at the same time as me, unlearning all this stuff. So I was very mindful of what I was letting them believe, and still am. And then yeah. through that was where I got to see how many of my beliefs. Because when you listen to your mother and father talk to your own kids, that must have been the way they talk to me. You know what I mean? And you could hear the limits. And I don't know. I was super sensitive to some of that stuff when I came back from Australia as a father. I was hearing things that I was never able to hear before. Right. A lot of that processing was happening that I'd now called. The, the nervous system work or just dealing with little jolts you'd get like you know if someone would say something to the kid and you'd hear it in a way that and it kind of hit you processing all that kind of stuff out but breath definitely helps I, my, my breath work practice is just to breathe deeply as many times as I remember every day that's that's my that's, sim- that's as simple as it can be because with that you're obviously bringing you know when you're breathing deeply you're you're aware that you're breathing you're conscious that you're breathing and I mean, when you consciously breathe, then you're just you're just conscious in general in life, and then you're able to take the responsibility or just do your life consciously and not unconsciously. More grounded and more aware, because there's never an excuse to say I'm too busy to breathe deep, because you can be driving, washing the dishes, whatever it is. That's it. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. But as complex as all this is, it gets simple, doesn't it? Go on, you can go there. But as complex as all this gets in all the different ways, it's it all comes back to simplicity and all roles are leading home, right? Whether yeah, it's yeah, Buddhism, yeah. God, whatever like that. If you, if you, even all the philosophers, as a man think it's so shall he be. There's, there's so much of this has been just 
simple and then yet we look at our life and some of the stuff that we've learned in school and think like a lot of this is backwards a lot of this stuff is that's ingrained in our psyches that as as young adults as we come out of school is backwards big time and it can be made very complex all this kind of teachings and when you're curious though right when you're interested in you like to unpack these things and going to get the complexities and subtleties but there's a time and a place for that and i don't think it's the big bad world of social media i think that has to happen in little layers or slowly take steps deeper into yourself yeah it can't which yeah. is scary as well not really much so because you're, you're you're unraveling into the unknown in a way you don't you don't know what's going to happen next or, or what way your life's going to pan out as you continue to unravel yeah you know yeah the point of no return mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I see that that for me, the answer, the, the, the intellectual part of me or the intellectual understanding of that for me is just living your soul's life. So integrating and learning from what part of the personality is actually mine or what part I've actually took on from my culture, my area code, my parents, my teachers, my coaches, as, as a, my whole and coaches, like whatever it was. A lot of these beliefs have been seen, even songs. You tell, I've, heard, I've heard songs as an adult. And I'd be like, is that actually playing in Swiss? Like, fucking kids, can they not hear that? You know, they got, you got the big, big energy. Now, I know they say big, big instead of big dick, but it's like, that's nuts that that's playing in Smiths on the radio all day long. Like, it's insane, the lyrics of some of the songs that's just played on normal, normal airways. Yeah. So, I've fucking, there's been beliefs and stuff coming from us from every which way. But you look yeah. at it like that, it doesn't seem like it. Then all of a sudden, going inwards makes sense because, you, in my opinion, you want to bring more of that soul out. You want to bring more of that heart out. You want to bring more of that fulfilling, exciting, enthusiastic energy out as opposed to the monotony and the mundanity of what we are told is, is life. <laughs> you want to bring more of that like, uh, authentic, that true version of yourself out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, music, music alone, you know, that can, that can really program uh, you. Yeah, I'd love to hear about uh, your own experience. I know you mentioned there Australia, and I heard you mention Australia in the previous podcast. What happened for you then and there? If you, if you, if you would like to give a brief one down to myself. Yeah, I can, bro. Yeah, no, for me, I think I keep hindsight viewing a piece and more of it together. But one of the biggest pieces for me was when I stopped smoking weed to save for Australia. I felt like a lot of the emotions that I hadn't been dealing with came up. That's what I think now. But at the time, I was just saving for Australia and I stopped smoking weed for the first time in probably 10 years, uh, 23. So yeah, maybe eight, eight years or so I was smoking every day. I was getting pains in the front of my head, like massive excruciating pains in my forehead, going for MRI scans. And One time I was in the bookies and the and the sitting there looking at all the screens and the whole room, the whole bookies just started to go around in circles. So I didn't tell anybody. I just got up, got into the car and literally went down to the GP and told him and he said, oh, that's, that's vertigo. So... I got through the, the next six months or so because I was saving for Australia and I kept saying to myself, once I get to Australia, it'll be grand. Once I get over to the boys and the beaches, it'll be grand. But 10 seconds when we landed off that plane, I'm like, Fuck, I still have the same brain here. Something I don't, I don't feel like myself. So it was either a mental health crisis or a spiritual awakening. I like to think it was a spiritual awakening and I was waking up to who I wasn't. I was waking up to all the things that I'm not, that I used to find comfort in. And then I was in Australia, so I couldn't even find comfort in, in Chinese food or fish and chips or my own bedroom. So it was like a really scary, lonely time for me in that in the first few months landing over there. To the point that I said to the boys, boys, I had to go to uh, I had to go to a psychologist. Like my head doesn't feel right. I'm leaving rooms with you and I'm going home and I'm saying to myself, Why did I think that? And I'm overthinking everything that's just happened and I shouldn't have said this and I should have said that. And I'd never felt that way before. I would have been more of a pillar to the lads before that then and then so it was just in the psyche something was starting to break break open not break down and so they were like will you stop Johnny your grand you know what I mean we were in the pub at the time when I said it to him and it's just like go on have a put your grand relax long story short I went your man told me and the, the psychologist told me or the psychiatrist told me that I was clinically depressed I was lacking serotonin and he just so happened to have some serotonin pills in his drawer right so then afterwards I'm thinking like these motherfuckers are on subscription model long before Netflix came along like he's given me that pill and then I'm going to take that probably forever if he had his way and so that I took it because I believed in him at that moment I still had belief in the doctor or the letters in front of the name but because he gave me the word depression I'd never heard that before consciously 
I was in the that was September and Christmas. I was buying a book for my girlfriend and Jade Goody or Cheryl Tweedy or whatever it was, and something brought me awareness to the self help section, and I seen a book Mindful Way to Depression, so I picked that up. I started to read and there was a CD on the back of it with body scan meditations and all different stuff on it. But at the time, I was still very angry. Like if I was meditating on a 20-minute meditation and someone came in 18 minutes into that, I'd snap like, I fucking nearly finished meditating. There was two minutes left. What are you doing? So no understandings, but just beginning to find those breadcrumbs, beginning to find that higher self or something beginning to guide me through my personality. So now I understand that so differently. The higher self will give you something that the personality will be able to grasp. It might make you follow a pair of hips somewhere, or it might make you think about a fancy car. But the higher self now was communicating with me and beginning then by bringing me awareness to that book. Then numbers started appealing to me. Another book led to another book. One book would reference a podcast. Whatever it was, I just then I was just hooked. I was just hooked in from 2012 reading, which no one could believe because I didn't read. But I wasn't, I wasn't that kind of a deal. I tried to read books before that. So that's when my life really started to shift and change. It was an awakening, I guess. I can talk more about it, what, what that led to, like practicing gratitude led to me on day 13 of practicing gratitude. I bumped into this chap who, in a beautiful way, opened up an opportunity for me in network marketing. And then again, I was naive and thinking network marketing was this best thing since sliced bread for anybody I mentioned it to. said, that's a pyramid scheme, Johnny. And I was like, what's a pyramid scheme? Like, my naivety and curiosity is what pulled me into all these places. And so that's how I understand it's really interesting for me to look at people and life. When people shut something down real quick, it's usually good for you. Breath, meditation, network marketing can be a really powerful model. A pyramid scheme happened in the 80s or something. It was a fraud where people get money and got placed on the tree. But I was like, bro, I'm, I'm giving money to this product. It's to help me lose 10 kilos or more. To make, it's learning me how to fast. It's opening up the podcast. If you don't like the product after 20 days, you can give it back. Like, you literally buy something, and if it works, you share it. That's 12 years or so now of me just kind of building myself up to this point of, yeah, and at that time, it was just crazy mental health, vertigo, panic, loneliness, confusion, and uh, nothing familiar to grab onto because I moved countries. Does that make sense? Yeah, thanks for sharing all that. A few little things popped in. The first one, uh, what you said there, you weren't finding out who you weren't. Yeah. Rather than finding out who you were, that just resonated there because I feel like that was actually what was happening to me. Also, at the beginning, it was like finding out who I wasn't. I'm not those things who I was telling myself I was, or I'm not that environment, or I'm not that word, or whatever it was. Yeah, that 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 sounds like a very uh, interesting, what some might say complex, but it, it's simple. And I feel like that's what happens a lot of the time to people. You know, you stop smoking the weed because of this, but then this starts showing up. Yeah. And then you thought, yeah, all your problems are going to work, we're going to go with, with, with one thing, going to Australia. Right? I, remember, I remember being in Australia three months saying, that weed hasn't wore off me. Like, I still, it has to be on my system now. Like, I was so fucking overwhelmed and overthinking, and it was just such a weird place for me to be at 23. Never experienced any of that before. Happy-go-lucky, life was, you know, there was never really a problem before that in lots of ways. But another key piece that I now know is a year prior to giving up smoking, I came off my motorbike in a field. I was wheeling and I got a new knobbly on the back tire and I came around this corner a hundred times before that, but the new wheel caught grip in a way that I wasn't anticipating. Bike went that way, I went that way. Sheen hit the ground awkwardly, three little hairlines, fractures at the top of that, and then I hit the ground so hard my left shoulder came down to me breastbone. So that's traumatic. There is, so it's actually very relevant to the next 12 months because I was taking them. Um, they gave me pain relief, the yellow and green morphine painkillers. I was stranded in the field for hours because my cousin didn't know the area. So he's on the phone to the ambulance. He's trying to find someone to be able to tell the ambulance where the ambulance couldn't get into the field. Fire Brigade had to carry me out on a bloody wheelchair. My shoulder should have been popped back into place on location. Like it was just, it was a mad experience, man. And then the knee. For was, yourself then? The first thing I said was like, knock the petrol off. Being a hard man on the on the bike, thinking I was going to get straight back up. So then he lifted me back up and I held the bike and I stood on my good leg and he was gone so long trying to find help. I get someone on the phone that I was just starting to shake. So I had to let the bike go back that way and I had to fall backwards on the stingers and I just lay there till they, till, till they came back. I actually get emotionally with about that because I never got any counseling on that. And it's just like, you don't, you just shake it all off. Just keep smoking. It's all good. There's no, there's no such yeah. thing as a problem when you're stoned, right? So then that, so that I was in the full cast for three weeks. 
and then I was in a 30 degree leg brace for another year or something like that. So I was able to put pressure on my ankle and my foot after three weeks, but then I was in a I could only move 30 degrees. Yeah, so I could I could move around, I could I could I could walk, I could do the crip walk, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that was te- party heavy, party heavy, party heavy then the whole time, and then so it's an accumulation of things. I thought I was just giving up smoking, but I, there was so much that I hadn't dealt with that smoking kind of helps with. Because if I smoke now, it actually brings stuff up for me. If I smoke now, it's actually medicinal, and I don't smoke in company. I don't really like smoking with other people. It's if I smoke now, it's to actually bring that all up and move and there's no doubt music's going to come on and I'm going to move through a lot of stuff and I'm going to get back to clarity I'm going to get a lot of anxiety can come up a lot of different things can come up for me now so I don't necessarily think weed was always suppressing me but the more the story goes on I, I could have only realised about last year I had a massive accident the year before I started saving to go to Australia and that actually led me because obviously I could one arm is out and one leg is out like sleeping and all was a nightmare so they were medicating me and when I went with the vertigo, like the GP didn't say, well, Jonathan, like you couldn't have had a sincere accident, blah, 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 12 months later. None of that happened. So I was just kept going on and on and on until the body just goes right enough. You know, and then that's the psyche. That's what got me attention. It's the overthink of the head. Yeah. It's a mad story. And you only clicked recently here. You're saying you only clicked with the, with the accident yeah. to that part of your life. Yeah, smart. Yeah. That's another whole topic, I think. Since we're talking about it, smoking, smoking weed, um, yeah, I just see it as such a challenge, but also such a an issue, especially within the whole spectrum of of, of everybody, but young men and young people in particular, you know. And uh, obviously, both of our stories correlate with it's smoking weed and the habit of smoking weed every day. It's it is definitely a false sense of. Of, of safety, of comfort, of reality, yeah. um. But I do believe that it can be it can be used in a, in a conscious way too. And look what you're saying there, yeah. It's like an hour. You can you can have it, and it, you can, you can now you can be in a space with yourself, or or, or even in a setting with somebody where you're doing it. It's, it's it's almost like building a relationship. Like for me, building a relationship with different stuff and building a relationship with 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 that plant. Like if you do want to use it, because if it's controlling you like anything. It's going to drain. It's going to take you. And you're going to be mean into it when you're in uncomfortable, when you're in, mm. when it's sitting in the farm, when whatever's happening, it's just going to numb you. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a conversation I like to, to talk about and bring up. Yeah, what would you, uh, you know, when you were when you were winding off afterwards, what was that like, the difficulty of that or the challenges? Or what what would you say to somebody who was trying to get off Weed because I have this conversation a lot with especially young lads my own age you know they're, they know that it's 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 inhibiting them doing some sort of or making movements in life in, in whatever path they're on but they have this habit of just constantly doing it you know they can't break it they are too under stress they need it you know what would you say to somebody who I think I think you need to find how, how to get high on life it's as cliche as it sounds like for me for years even when I was using it like because there's certain points in time where I feel it's very useful especially if you're in construction flat out and it, you have that habit like I remember smoking as long as I was in the trade I was smoking after work certain patterns that are strong but what I came to realise then I got massive clarity when I was high and sometimes weed can take you below top and you can go into absolute vegetable mode and there's a lot of really strong so I don't I, I don't know what to think anymore because this, it's it looks so strong some of the people you see smoking it looks so strong and it, I had me all in an ideal world I'd like to be able to go in and buy it off a menu and know that everything was organic and it was all healthily grown by good people right but the, yeah. to, answer, to answer your question like if you're getting clarity when you're high for me I always go back to clarity I'd go through some fear I'd go through some, some anxiety I'd, I'd, I'd move this the body I'd, I'd stabilize the leg because that's something I never said actually I got really in tune with my body because of that accident because the knee needed a lot of rehabilitation but after all that I always got clarity and what I found out then I need to actually act tomorrow when I wake up tomorrow I need to act on what I've just got clarity on that's the problem I think because if we what's the other word you stoned if you get stoned like the where, where that all comes from is like you're getting your ego out of the way a lot of time and if you connect with Mary Jane as a plant alloy as a spirit there's, there's, some, there's some things to say that it's like Santa Maria or it goes back to Mary and, and Joseph yeah. yeah there's loads of different concepts like take what works for you and leave the rest and you might change your mind and opinion over time 
But if you look at it like an alloy and start to connect with it, and you're getting guidance, then the only thing that you have to do is start taking action. Because the way I see addiction, don't focus on giving up something. It takes too much willpower, and especially if your environment is fucking, it's everywhere, and the only people that you have are stone or friends. It's going to be really hard to stay in that circle and use willpower alone to give up. But if you start to focus on what happens when you're high and your awareness is expanded, and then you just start to begin to move on that, all of a sudden weed won't make sense, or it will. But it's, that's not your, what you're focusing on. You're focusing on your soul, your, your higher self, your alignment, what's going to make you feel fulfilled. And then you'll have a drag and go, that's at the taking me down. So if we is getting you high, utilize it. If it's taking you down, it's not for you anymore. But I'd focus on purpose. If I was to say one word, I'd focus on what your purpose is. And then if you don't know what your purpose is, your purpose is to be present. And then by getting present, you'll find your secondary purpose. But your primary purpose is to be wherever you are, fully. Feel your feet on the ground, feel your hands on the steering wheel, feel the water washing your hands, like get as present as possible so that you can allow inspiration to come in because you can't get in. It's always talking, but you know yourself, if it's noisy, you don't hear it. You're thinking about walking in the morning all day Sunday. You're thinking about an email that someone sent you on Thursday. You're thinking about the, the child's, you know, breaking the telly last night, whatever it is. It's all just flying around in our head. When we understand that, if weed helps, great, but the, the, the purpose is what's going to be the solution I think to all problems because you're getting into alignment and things will start to happen fast and then you'll realise if I'm forcing it it's probably not my take and then you have to keep pivoting and fine tuning and fine but then all of a sudden for me I can I can get really high without any substances and at the same time I still love it there'll be sometimes like I, I don't yeah. apologise for that I don't feel guilty for that mm. I can see sometimes in my life if I get rootlessly honest where we might have stop me from progressing like I've had to sit with really like fuck that probably fuck that up probably fuck that up and that's difficult to accept but I'm not going to allow that to swallow me and I'm going to just keep moving forward doing my best the fucking great answer <laughs> yeah because I think look, look what you're saying the, the willpower of just saying bang I'm abruptly stopping it's totally difficult you know especially when you're hanging around with stuff and, and, and I've done that and what I realised is I don't yeah. have I don't necessarily have friends. I don't necessarily have friends. I've seen this yesterday, and I'm going to put it to weird. See this yesterday, a guy says, if you only have buddies that you drink with, you don't have buddies, you have drinking partners. And if they are on your back when you go out and you don't want to drink, then they're not, they're not fucking friends. I'm not going to say that my buddies then weren't friends, but our life evolved around smoking. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's a big decision. I've given up, will, I've used willpower. And I've smoked cigarettes when they were having doobies and I've done all that. But when I look at it now, it's silly. Let it go. But the, the fact that we're doing this and there's more spaces that you can go to now and you can go to the cold, you can go to the mountains, you can go to the sea. All you need is a couple of experiences, a little bit of contrast of this is what I'm doing over here. This is what I've done with the lads and this is what's possible. And then all of a sudden, it just makes no sense to stay in that circle. Staying in your own in your own lane, in your own zone. Yeah. Doing your own thing, waiting for the reef. The right group, the right environment, the right things to come, the right experiences, real experience. But I think the, the fear of, of that and of letting go as well comes in a big time. But yeah, just just to re-emphasize over the, the weed, the smoke of the weed. And again, Mary Jane, Santa Maria, I have sat with it. I prefer those words instead of weed. I don't particularly like yeah. the word weird because of what it represents <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it represents weed. Represents something that's, that's Which, some ways are good. Like right down the lines are really good to spot. Yeah, yeah. For yeah, me, yeah. yeah, it's just that the psyche I'm like to think that it's mine. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But yeah, when you're smoking it, it's like the creativity and the and everything, you know. I'd even get that with the, with the lads or I was having a deal with a couple of lads and it's like you've made the plans how you're gonna take over the fucking world, you know? Yeah, yeah, everybody's yeah. life in this room, the little group that's here right now. All you have to do is do this, and you have to do this. I'm going to do this, and you know we're all going to be so much better. And then the next day, it's like, oh yeah, that was great, wasn't it? Because there was, like what you said, there was no ego. We were high, we were feeling good, we were connected, we were just think. Yeah, so so the action has to come from it. But I think getting high in your own supply, getting finding finding your own highs is is ultimately um, a better solution. The ecstasy and then the laundry. Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah. Because yeah, yeah. in order to be egoless or in order to be more, I don't know what words I want, in order to be more your true self or your authentic self the next day when mm. you're not, oh, you just wake back up with all the clouds of 
limitation and fear and what are they going to think and I love my job or I need me Friday paycheck or whatever it is, all that comes back. And then that's where yeah. the work, that's, that's where the work is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's, it, yeah, <laughs> it's after that. I think I said that to you, did I, the, the other week from the scene in, in person, yeah. we had a big chance at the ecstasy, a laundry after the ecstasy, yeah. really coming into, into me all the time now. Um, and I never really correlated it with that, with that, the simplicity of getting higher with, and then the, the laundry is the next day. Well, what goes up, what goes up tends to want to come down, right? So I need something to bring us up, and then that's gone, and we're back down. That for that's for me. What it was always about, like your levels of consciousness, because like weed can amplify fear and anxiety, but it can also get you into a place of we are all one and love is all there is. Like weed, weed can be associated with love and peace, right? That's, mm. that's, that's what it tends to be. So that's a high frequency. That's a high vibration. In my opinion, you have to be able to get there and embody that yourself. Without you can't be you can't be relying on that to bring you there. You have to be able to get there and in your day to day. Because caffeine is a, caffeine is another big one, right? Yeah, I'm gonna say for your generation, like I've I've walked in in, in UCD and there's chatting to the woman behind the counter and she told me like she said, see that stuff over there, that monster. She says if that came in in pallets, it would still be gone every day. And I'm going, this is our next generation of like doctors and surgeons or whatever, you know. You study in college these days, and it's like it's 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 insane. I think that's another one that flies under the radar because it's not illegal. Yeah. But caffeine to me is like, if you continue to keep relying on caffeine, it's like taking money out of a bank that you don't have, and then eventually the body just goes like, "You're bankrupt, man." You that energy that you think you're about to be drawn upon all the time, it's a big one. And then vapes. What's the story with them? The lads, lads smoking vapes that have never had a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. No, no, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think about that. From as young as he can think, to as old as he can think, but from as young as 12, 13, 14, vaping, vaping, vaping. It's almost like a trend. It's almost like the cool thing to do. Yeah. Mavers and it's this and it's that. But when you actually look at the any studies or research that I've, that I've seen on it, it's, it's worse. And well, you can see anyway, they, they tell you how much nicotine is in it and there's much more. There's different variations that you can get, but there's much more than there is in a fag. I don't know what the stories are. It's actually yeah. funny that that's created to their breath. It's actually funny that that's related to their breath as well. That's on some level what's happening. And then nicotine, shooting off a little bit, but, but nicotine is actually once upon a time good for you. It's good for studying. It's good for different things. It's only when it gets laced with other things that it can become a problem. Yeah. But that's what somewhat worries me. That's what, that, yeah, that's what somewhat worries me about the different things, whether it's caffeine, Lack of information, fucked up music, vaping. That's and that's where it really resonated with you were saying because we both actually agreed on there being a bridge because you and I can both hold certain language conversations to understand exactly what's going on, dive in and pick apart different stuff. But we both said that we feel like a bridge, or the layman, you know, coming from our backgrounds in the industries of construction. It's like that's what are both of our intentions. That's where I line up with you on most, I think, and that's why this can potentially lead to some feedback as to what the market needs the young lad needs what what does he need is andrew tate helping him is andrew tate, tate teaching him that you have to wait you have to walk 20 hours a day that's not realistic you have to bring in some soul into this ego you know what i mean it can't be just ego and you know you have to earn your masculinity and earn your stripes and bring your value up and he's not necessarily going to be for a lot of people i don't think myself personally but everybody anyway it's not realistic yeah yeah but uh, yeah, no, we definitely, I think that's where we, we, we correlate, we resonate, is that bridge, being that bridge. Um, and that's where I'm at right now, is in a space of wanting to be that bridge. Um, yeah, having that desire to, to, to uh, in some way, make that happen so that people can see that there's another way, there's another way to be, there's another way to live, there's another way to feel, and there's another way to be inspired and also to inspire others. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna get that from uh, Andrew T. Fully at home. <laughs> no, I, I respect him, and even the way I said it, it's not realistic. I don't. Everyone, anyone can make that money, but I just his approach. I feel again appeals to our masculine ego. It's mm-hmm. a great door opener, but if someone's listening and they resonate with him, I'd like to just plant that little seed of you have a unique thing, you know, and you can monetize that, and you can make your wealth, and you can get into whatever, and you can have multiple wives if that's truly a thing. If you're embodied in that, it will happen for you. But I just think, yeah, that's an interesting dialogue. But I'd love to impact more young males. Just to be themselves. You don't need to yeah. get, 
it's not about incense or tarot cards or anything other than I think more of us need to be ourselves. I think more of us need to be ourselves unapologetically, and that requires courage. Unapologetically, I love that fucking that word. I need to use that word. Be unapologetically yourself. Yeah. Yeah. The true power. I have a I have a little thing up there. Somebody gave me. True power comes from standing in your own truth and walking your own path. Yeah. Because it has to be your own. You know, it's nobody else's. Yeah. 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 How did that go for you with the COVID thing? Did that come full circle? Did you? What did you learn from that? What did you learn from being vocal in that? I was a bit of an angry kid screaming and shouting. Um, I know but, try, but, trying, but trying to help people or trying to expose trying to help people yeah. trying to bring awareness as to what was happening trying to try to wake people up to the reality of all that was going to come with it and the, the, the madness of the, of the lockdowns and the madness of the fucking torturing people and the fear and the fucking the rules and the all this all this was not like and then there was a little a lot of people listening, but a lot of people are afraid to not go along with the grain, not go along with it, with the crowd, but what they were being told. But th- probably the biggest learning from it I took was to not fight that, to not be fighting the big, the big beast, and to, to create something new, and to, yes. to show, show the new way. Because you'd be all day fighting the beast and finding out this, that, and the other, and going out through all the different rabbit holes. I went through, I had to hit many of them, you know? But that's probably the biggest learning I took from it. And also, how easy it is to, to manipulate. Yeah. How easy people were manipulated. And how that, that I believe that that's from a lack of education, but also a lack of knowing who we are, knowing our truths, and being connected to our own power. Because when she hits the fan, we'll just gladly give our power to somebody else. Yeah. You know, we'll just gladly take orders from authority. Yeah. So it's like, Learn to trust yourself, love yourself, know yourself, and take orders from from yourself and your own guidance. Um, yeah, but it was it was it was a masterful manipulation because a lot of people, even who would have all those attributes that you said, when the news or the government says, just in case you're your granny, just that little tiny yeah, that tiny little thing done was what done it for most. But that's not worth me ninety seventy five and I'm going up there on Sunday. Like and that was like that was bad form. That's the way I just that was all bad form. Like yeah. from the powers that were or the news media's the way they were um using their airtime. Just it was just wrong. Like having a, an old woman looking out the window at our grandchildren for, for two years or whatever. Like that was insanity to me. So look, I believe in karma and like you said, you learn not to fight the beast because but you fight, you fear, and you find yourself falling out with your family members, which is more division. So it was like, fuck, I'm in a rock and a hard place here. Like, how do I approach this? Because I can see what they're doing. I don't want them to lead me, friends and family, down this garden path, but I'm, okay, let me just create, I think you've done the right thing. Just let me, let me, let me build something new over here and magnetize whoever needs to be here. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of the day, it does, it does cause more separation and more division. Having the arguments and yeah. around projecting as well, like projecting, and like for me, I like wanted people to believe this, and I wanted people to know this information and to be this way and to think this way and to help me show other people. Yeah, it's like I'm just like projecting shit, and I'm just causing arguments and causing more separation. Where at the end of the day, it's it's the opposite. It's, a, it's a what I want anyway. It's like bringing people back together is yeah. is is the goal like, yeah. that we can all be together and be all aware of the master minds. Yeah, and there's a lot of people I'd say stuck in that. There's a lot of people who would be yeah. on Facebook who are really still very angry. And like you become what you think about, you know. So mm-hmm. it's, it's actually a really weird dynamic with all of this stuff when you start getting into agendas and get too involved with the rabbit holes and the mm-hmm. dark the dark side, if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole other one again, though. There's a few yeah. topics that I think that landed in briefly that we could have went down a whole... Yeah, I think, I, think, I think we'll do it again, bro. I think we'll do it again. Like, the way I see it is like, being beacons of light, you probably heard that before. Just yeah. by standing in your own truth, it's just like if anyone is out there and wants to head over, they they can see it. And well, you, you are you listen. To, I'm on two minds whether to put this onto RTE with playing on words there, like Rising Tide experiences, like a Rising Tide lifts all ships. But I have another podcast that I do, and I had Wim Hop's brother and all on it, and it was called Street hey. Smart. Yeah, it's called Street Smart with Heart. But for me, it's Street's- about. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll probably put it on both because I launched the two of them. But for me now, I've just got a got a, I've got a little opposite now set back up for the fourth time in a while. Yeah, to tell you the truth, it's been it's been it's been actually a couple of years since I've had a proper space. 
So this is the year of massive action. So I think we'll definitely cross paths again, maybe run something to get us doing or maybe even make this a bit of a regular thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now let's do that. I'm definitely interested. For me as well, this year is the year of action and putting things into place. Last year, it was very much going in and doing lots of stuff yeah. and trainings and courses and booking yeah, yeah. here, there and everywhere. And it's like, I want to ground some stuff in and build a proper foundation for the vision of, of, of this that we're speaking into right now. Yeah. What's on um, your heart, bro? What's what's coming up? What have you got in the pipeline? What's in the creation stages or what's about the land? What, what are you doing? I want to create uh, an online platform for space, you know, like a community. Specifically, I am at young lads, you know, like 17 to 30 or whatever, but you know, open space, but you know, specifically, I am that who I am, so we can resonate and we can come together and uh, a community to, to bring together to create more freedom, essentially. So, I'm doing that at the moment on, a, on an online web uh, called Multi Networks. So, that and then like bringing, bringing groups of young men through an online, I also would love to do them in person, but an online, uh, like Zoom eight to ten week team where well, I'm able to share like my, my my teachings and learnings of my own journey but I'm also able to bring some lads in who who will know more about certain topics or certain certain things that that can help um young men that that I was, you know. Um so I'm just at the moment making connections, putting a few things into place, um speaking to some people and um putting that together. But I, I you know I, I put a program together a year ago for this exact thing I'm talking about right now. And then I went down all different other different routes of paths. And I want to come back full circle and all the self-reflection was like the same thing is presenting to me again like 13 months later. It's like you need to do this for a young man. So I feel like it's a deep hole, you know? And it feels like it's fun. I'm gonna have fun with it, play with it and I don't I don't really know. There's not many other spaces out there for a young man to commit to unless they're going to the thinking about pub or fresh smoking weed or whatever the fuck. Um you do one on you do one on ones with with young men. Well, I'm doing one on ones and I'm um, putting putting that out there a bit more over the next few weeks. But this this will be a group container, a group setting. Gotcha. You know, yeah, I'm still in that process of looking for a few elders, a few elder men, older than myself, or a few any any men that want to uh, help out, get involved, or share some sort of message. So there's a little uh, feel for talk if you had something to share. Teach. We'll we'll talk offline, bro. And we'll see what happens. And if you're about to say if you've got that coming up, when you have a date set or whatever, we'll just do another. One. We might do lo- we might do lives and make some noise because it's it's time now, man. You know it's time. It's like time every, everybody, noise, everybody's dipping, everybody's swimming, everybody's hmm. putting incense, or at least it's getting more into that peripheral. They know about the millions and astrology. There's so much more curiosity here now than there was even at the start of COVID. So yeah, this is the year. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, one hundred percent. We will. We'll do it again. We'll, we'll make it a regular thing. You- 100% yeah thank you brother thank you thank for having you, yeah. me on appreciate it yeah. see you soon man yeah. see you soon bro thank you very much for listening to the Rising Thought Experiences podcast I trust you gained some value from that or some insights hopefully you did and if you know a man who you think might benefit from the podcast I would really appreciate if you shared it on too Barty and myself's IG handles will be in the comments or description box below also if you would like to grab the opportunity to get a free 360 degree consultation there will be a calendar link in the description box below Thank you.